36 runs in two games. The hottest offense in the world runs through Clark and Addison. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Sam Olber. As you can see, Mr. Cozy is not here. He was at the Cubs game tonight. Please support the show by following on your preferred audio platform, and you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. Matt and I are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com, let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Folks, I don't even know where to start. 36 runs in two games. That's got to be some type of record. 140 plus runs since the All-Star break. Almost 40, no, 40 runs at least more than any other team in baseball. This is the hottest offense in the major leagues. This is one of the hottest offensive stretches I could ever remember as a Cubs fan. Everybody is hitting. We're dissecting lineups. We're talking about who should hit where, and they're scoring 15 runs a night. Uh, Let's start with this specific game in a vacuum, and then we'll move towards, you know, the general big picture stuff. So this game did not start out well. Drew Smiley, who for the life of me, I can't understand why Drew wasn't used in the same way he was used against St. Louis. Against the Cardinals, the Cubs d- did an opener. They used an opener as Michael Fulmer. You know, it it didn't work out great, but it made sense. And the Reds are a team that I think is even more conducive to use an opener with because they are so split heavy. They have certain guys. For example, Nick Senzel only plays against lefties, right? Spencer Steer is the main guy against lefties. Jake Fraley only plays against righties. Friedel only plays against righties. So if you use that opener, you're going to at least take somebody away or have them have to burn somebody earlier than they would like. I think it just puts you in an advantage situation when you have a struggling pitcher like Drew Smiley. They didn't. He gave up, a, 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 to be fair, a pretty cheap two-run home run to, I believe it was Spencer Steer. Uh, we'll call that a Wrigley Field home run early in the game. Um, then he gave up a couple home runs to Joey Votto, who actually he owned his whole career up until uh, that game. And the Cubs were down at one point three nothing, and then the Cubs were down 5-2. So two three-run deficits. And it's funny, right, because – we always talk about on this show, and, and we're all guilty of it, nobody more than me, of you know, mistaking fight and effort with just this team's not hitting. And the easy thing to do right now is to come on here and just say, man, this Cubs team's showing a lot of fight. When in reality, they're just hitting the crap out of the ball. I, I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on. And look, 
Cincinnati isn't exactly the 90s Braves with Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. I mean, they're not a great pitching club. We know this. But, you know, it, it was 3 nothing. Morrell hits a two-run home run down Kenmore. He almost broke the scoreboard, hit a bike rider, uh, a souvenir, whatever you want to say. Okay? Then it was 5-2. Dansby hit a ball on the Waveland Avenue. Uh, you know, the late great Ronnie Woo Woo might have had a chance at that ball if he was out there. I mean, it was a... It was a bomb. It wasn't a cheapie. And then I thought the biggest hit of the game was two on, one out. Morell at the plate, 5-3. I can't remember. I think it was the fifth inning. And he worked an 0-2. Bell brought in a righty. He brought in Buck Farmer to face Morell. Um, and Morell went, he had, he had two really bad swings, and he was down 0-2. And he went 0-2 to 3-2, and then he hit a double off the right center field. Ivy, uh, that made it 5-4. And then Bellinger had the RBI ground out, 5-5. And then the next half inning, they just busted it open. And I mean, you know, countless contributions. I mean, if I if I sit here and just recap the rest of the game, that'll be the whole show. Um, Suzuki hit a homer off a position player. Hap hit a homer righty and lefty, one of them off a position player. But like I said, Hap's starting to show signs. Jan Gomes had a big hit. It was only one hit, but it was a big hit. Um, Michael Jordan Talkman came off the bench with two rockets. Um I thought Michael Fulmer was really big in this game. He 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 really kind of put out the fire. He kept the Reds at five for a while. And, and give a guy like Fulmer credit, right? I mean, he was a guy before the season that was supposed to be an eighth, ninth inning guy. And he has kind of turned into a, a, a pretty reliable middle reliever that is really tough on right-handers. And he's been used appropriately by Ross. And I thought he was really good in this game and deserved the win. And yeah. That's pretty much the game. I mean, they scored 16 runs. They've dominated. The first game of the series, they lost by one. It was a game that they probably should have had. And Milwaukee also lost today to the Nationals. So the Cubs gained a game on everybody. So as I pull up the up-to-date standings live right now, your Chicago Cubs are just three games out of the division. So... Uh, with, with a plus 77 run differential, they are 94 games better than the uh, 94 runs better than the Reds and 92 runs better than the Brewers. Just some quick math there off off my head. That's pretty crazy. Um, so what does this mean? Right. That's what everybody wants to know. What, what does this mean, Sam? I got all the texts. I got all the questions. Is this team for real? What's happening? Please explain this. Will they maintain it? Well, here's here's my best shot. This team was never as bad as they were playing in May. We all knew that, right? And we and we preached that on the show. Are they as good as they are now? No, of course not. No one's as good as 16, 17 runs a game. Most of the time in sports and life, you're never as good as you are at your best. You're never as bad as you are at your worst. You're always somewhere in between. They're much better than they were in May. The question for this team going forward is going to be, can they win enough close games to win this division? Right? That, that's really what it's going to come down to. Because the Cubs, and I'm going to, and that's a little teaser. I'll get to that later. But the Cubs have blown out a lot of people. Uh, they statistically now have to have one of the best offenses in baseball just off the last week. Um, so let's talk about the turnaround. The, the, the number one thing, you can't talk about the month of July and now these few games in August for the Cubs or even the second half without Cody Bellinger, right? He was a little bit quieter in this specific game, but 
we said on the show, we all knew if the Cubs were going to do something special this season, one of their guys had to turn into a star, right? A star, not a not a nice player, not high war, a, a legit star. And since July 1st, Cody Bellinger has been the best player in the National League and probably outside of Otani, the best player in baseball. That's just that that's just a, a Sam Ober fact right there. It's not an actual fact, but I'm saying it is. Okay. He won player of the month for July. He's not striking out at all. He he his his approach is great. He plays a great first plate pace. He plays a better center field. His emergence as a star has taken this team into serious consideration. And I guarantee you. That was a, a, a big convincer for Jet. The second thing is all the complimentary pieces, right? Morell, Talkman, a little bit of Madrigal, uh, uh, Dansby. Since he's, you know, Dansby's injury was a really big deal. They missed him. Since he's come back from the IL, what's their record? I'll do it in my head real quick. He came back Saturday against the Cardinals. So they won that game. They've lost, they've lost two games since he's been back from the IL. Two. Uh, and he's hitting. And and that power stroke that we all talked about felt like it was coming. It's there for Dansby, right? Um, the bullpen overall has been very solid. Just talked about Fulmer, Merriweather, Leiter, Alzali, uh, a little bit of Palencia as well. Those guys have all delivered. It, it's all kind of been a team effort, but it's centered around the offense. And they're very serious right now. They're very serious right now. What I would suggest doing as a fan, and this is just a suggestion. You're allowed to fan the way you want to fan. I don't care what you do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look at this two ways. The first way is I want to win this thing, man. I want to win this division. I don't care about next year. The next year is not promised to anybody. I believe at the bottom of my heart that the Cubs are better than these two teams that they're chasing. I believe that. But they got to chase three games and find a way to prove that and then some, right? They dug themselves a little bit of a hole. I want to see them do it. I think they can. On the other hand, I'm going to be grateful that it is now August. The deadline is over. And the Cubs have, oh, by the way, Mr. Candelario, who since he's gotten to the Cubs the last two games, has made one out. One out. Right? How fun is that? You go add the best rental bat on the market. He comes in and goes eight for nine. Holy Moses. The lineup just doesn't have any holes, guys. Like, that's that's what it is right now. Early in the year, you had Hosmer and Mancini, and then when you had one of the other guys struggling, and then Barnhart, there was a lot of holes. Suzuki was struggling. Now you look at it, if you just go position by position, catcher, Gomes, has it wrapped up. Third base, Candelario slash Madrigal. You feel really good about Candelario, and uh, you know Madrigal's been fine. Dansby at short, one of the best in the business at his position. Nico at second, one of the best in the business at his position. First base, it's either going to be Candelario or Bellinger. That's really an elite offensive player right now. Right field's going to be Suzuki. You know, maybe he'll get going after today. Still a little bit of a weak point. Or Talkman. He's been excellent. Center fields, Bellinger or Talkman. Excellent. Left field's half, above average production. There's no holes. There's no holes. They just got to figure out the pitching. Uh, we're going to talk about Strowman in a little bit and the close games, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But look, man, be excited about it. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. It's a fun ride. And and I and I firmly believe this. I don't know if they're going to win this thing, but I don't believe they're going anywhere anytime soon.
So this is really fun. We're going to talk about Strowman. We're going to talk about the Brewers and Reds uh, next. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is a fantasy sports plus real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has been the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users in 2022. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. The Cubs play the Reds at 7.05 p.m. Central Thursday, and you can listen to every pitch with the Cubs' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. The SXM app, search the Cubs or tune in to Channel 844 and catch the Cubs all season long on SiriusXM. Okay, so let's talk about who the Cubs are chasing, right? I I think we're there now. I think the official scoreboard watching stuff is there. And people want to say, Sam, You just talked about how great the Cubs are and how much better you think they are than these two teams. So why are they trailing them? It's very simple, right? It's very simple. Coming into tonight, coming into Wednesday night, in games decided by two runs or or less, the Chicago Cubs are 15 and 24. The Cincinnati Reds are 37 and 26. And the Milwaukee Brewers are 30 and 24. That's it. Right there. That's what's canceled out the run differential. That's why the Cubs are three games back. If the Cubs can win enough close games down the stretch, I don't see a path, as Matt would say, for them not to come back and do this. That's what it's going to be. And I will admit that I am a bit surprised they didn't add another reliever because, you know, When you look back at the Cubs, Matt made a pretty good point off the year. Most of their close game struggles came early in the season. Well, what was the big problem early in the season? It was their bullpen. And their bullpen wasn't constructed correctly either, right? You had Michael Fulmer as the closer. He's now a middle reliever. You had Brad Boxberger as a setup man. I have no idea. I have no idea where Brad Boxberger is. Keegan Thompson is in Iowa. That was your 7-8-9. It's a completely revamped bullpen. And, and, and I think there's a little bit of blame that needs to be put on the Cubs there. You got to do a better job of identifying roles sooner and faster. I think we all felt like Abbott was the best reliever on this team at the end of April. He should have got this job a little bit sooner. But, you know, when you're talking about close games, you're talking about defense and you're talking about pitching and you're talking about the right lineup decisions and the right in-game decisions. Defense overall has been pretty good for the Cubs. I think their problems have been at the corners. That should be no more with Candelario and Bellinger now. Um, we know how I feel about Ross on the margins, but but it is what it is at this point. They're going to need to pitch really well. Uh, the, the, the Reds, even though it didn't show up on, in Wednesday night's game, have a pretty good bullpen with one of the most dominant closers in the league in Alexis Diaz. And Milwaukee has, even though he blew a game on Wednesday, one of the most dominant closers of the last few years in Devin Williams, along with Piamps and, and, and just elite relievers. 
when you break down the Reds and you break down the Brewers and you break down the Cubs, what I see is I think the Reds and Cubs right now are, you know, pushing and pulling for the best offense. I think the Brewers have the best overall starting pitching. Um, I think the Cubs and Brewers are, are close for best defense. Where the Cubs are, the question mark is the bullpen. That's where they're really going to have to be solid down the stretch. And if they can do that um, and they can win just enough, I'm not saying you got to win every close game because if they keep hitting like this, they're not going to have that many. Just just win three out of every five one-run game the rest of the way. One run, one, one run games. Jeez, figure it out. It's late. That's why I need Matt. I need my host back. It's a lot of talking. Uh, if they could win three or five of those games, they're going to be in really good shape going down the stretch. Uh, it's fun to talk about a divisional race. Let's transition into some news and notes. I think the big news of the day was Marcus Stroman uh, was put on the IL with hip inflammation. Uh, it wasn't really said how many starts he's going to miss. I would guess one, maybe two max. Um, I think his next two scheduled starts, well, I know he was scheduled to pitch Saturday in Atlanta. If there's if there's an offense close to the Cubs right now, it's been the Braves, and they've been like that the whole season. So that's not exactly the type of opponent you want to pitch against when you're trying to get right. Um, and then I think he was going to have a reunion uh, up in Canada for uh, against the Blue Jays. I think he's scheduled to pitch in Toronto, so it'll be interesting if he makes that start. Uh, look, I'm not a huge fan of this type of stuff. I always think it's a little bit convenient when guys are really struggling, then all of a sudden they get put on the IL. Um, but I also am not uh, ignorant enough to to say that he's not hurt. Uh, maybe it was a nagging thing. I always think these type of stints are more of a, just as much, I should say, as a mental break as they are a you know physical break. But the one thing I know is this. The Cubs aren't going to win this division unless Marcus Stroman figures it out. Unless Jamison Tyone continues to pitch otherworldly, uh, which we'll find out if that could continue on Thursday. But assuming Tyone comes back down earth a little bit, the Cubs are going to need Marcus Stroman. So hopefully he can do whatever he needs to do to get right and contribute. And uh, that'll really help them, uh, him coming back. On Saturday, my guess is it'll be either Assad or Wisniewski pitching for him. Very tough assignment. Very tough uh, to pitch against that team. Uh, but, you know, that's what you got to do. Both those guys have been really good lately. Uh, you know, the Braves have probably never seen either of them. So, you know, maybe that will uh, that will help things out. But um, it, it, it's, it's really exciting stuff right now. I, you know, I, I have this tendency to kind of, live in the past, right? And I always in my head, you know, they win tonight and I'm thinking, man, you know, if they could have just won game X, Y, and Z, they'd be right here. And 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 that's not the right way to do it, right? It's, it, it is a long, now you could say it's a 162 game season. Now we could say that because they beat the deadline um, and they didn't have to sell. And when you look at it, it, it this thing's going to be decided in the last two months. And, uh, you know, if they come up short, they come up short, but it's, it's really cool that they're a part of it and, um, you know, enjoy the ride. Uh, real quick, let's preview Thursday's matchup. So and let's get let's get some odds for that, too, while we're here, because why not? Um, I believe it's going to be Jamison Tyone versus Luke Weaver. Weaver has struggled mightily this season. The Cubs opened up. It looks like they're minus 160 favorites. Uh, Weaver on the year, 6.80 ERA, 1.60 whip. He's given up 22 home runs. 
everything suggests that this should be another pretty high-scoring game, and everything suggests that the Cubs' bats should be really ready to go. Um, you know, you never know. It's baseball. Um, I think the weather's supposed to be similar, so it should be a pretty high-scoring game. And it's a really big game for the Cubs. Like, that's the one thing. As great as these two wins have been, they're only worth two. You don't get extra points for scoring 1,000 runs. You really want to win three out of four and give yourself a little cushion in case you don't win two out of three against the Braves who are just, you know, mauling everybody right now. And then, you know, I love I love talking schedule. So after Atlanta, I believe the Cubs go to uh, New York. They play the rebuilding Mets. How funny is that to say? Then Toronto, and then, then it gets easy again. Then you got it's something like the Sox, the Royals, the Tigers, the Pirates. I think all four of those are consecutive. So that's where you're going to be able to really eat and uh, and do your thing. So um, awesome stuff, guys. Uh, I think for Friday's show, we're going to be doing a crossover. So it'll be me and the Cincinnati Reds uh, locked on host, uh, Jeff Carr. I think we're going to do a little show together. So you know he'll give his perspective of the Cubs. I'll give my perspective of the Reds. We'll do some fun stuff. And then uh, for Monday's show, uh, the honcho, the man in charge, will be back. Matt Cozy, he is enjoying the the last gasps of his summer, going to games, having fun. Good for him. And I will get out to Wrigley at some point soon. This team has earned uh, the right for me to purchase a ticket. Uh, my work tends to slow down here uh, in a couple of weeks, and when that happens, I'll probably find myself at Wrigley Field, maybe maybe for a game against the Pale Hose against the South Side. I won't recognize anybody on that club, but. Um, I still uh, would like to go. So that's it, guys. We will see you on Friday. Um, it's uh, it's really fun stuff, man. Shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week. And you could become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Locked On Cubs on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. We are also on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts and streaming on SiriusXM. I'm Sam Olber, and this is locked on Cubs. Go Cubby!